You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Hey Sid Talk. It is um, hot outside, so our air conditioner is on, so if you can hear any extraneous noise, which you shouldn't be able to because I'll probably cut it out, it's the air conditioner making a noise. So what's the before the after the show discussion? If the air conditioner was too loud. <laughs> I think was it. Was that it? Oh, we haven't placed the microphone in the right spot, but whatever. You just have to come towards it like no, I did. No, I'm not. I'm saying right, right. here. <laughs> I don't remember what we were discussing. Right. You it, were saying a lot of stuff and I was saying yeah a lot. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> some Hollywood news and some other things. What were we saying? You were talking about um, our nephew going to I his was, prom. I was looking at his pictures. Looking at his pictures? Yeah. Which is cool. We didn't even realize he was going to prom, of course, but he is. He likes to keep it a secret. He's not gone yet. All right, so um, this is after the show. So there are a lot of people experiencing prom this time of year out there. It, is yeah. it all, all on today? Everybody's proms today, like? No. It's just this time In of May. year. In uh, May. It varies. It depends on how late your school's out, but a lot of them, yeah. Yeah. I've seen lots of prom pictures over the last two weeks already, so. Um, in England, I have no experience of a prom because I believe now there are some schools that have a prom because they emulate, like, oh, Americans have this prom thing, so we're doing it. But it's not a tradition in England at all. We do have something called the school disco, which is a bit of a tradition, which is basically, it wouldn't be a disco now, would it? But it'd be a. <laughs> it's. What year was that year? This girl disco. Every, every year. I know, so, but you call it the, the school disco. The school disco. Yeah. Do you think they still call it that? No, I think they probably call it the school <laughs> dance or the school. What would they call it? The dance, probably. Formal sometimes. No, it's not formal because it's uh, the cool thing about the school disco was you could wear whatever you wanted. So. So you don't have to wear your uniform, Every, right? Yeah, right, because we wear uniforms. We yeah. don't wear uniforms to school. So dressing up for an occasion is a thing. I mean, I remember going to prom and I fucking hated it. I mean, I hated it. When you're fat, you don't like... I'm, I'm not speaking for everybody, but I'm speaking for me. I was fat. It was I was just... It was horrible. It's like people pay attention to you more. And I was not a traditional person anyway, so I didn't wear a traditional outfit. And it was just horrible. I was hot and sweaty. The whole time, and I just wanted to get out of there and go drink beer. And yeah, I wasn't old enough, but that's the way it was. You're making it sound very cool. <laughs> it was for me, for me, it was not. I would rather from a for junior prom when juniors decorate for the senior prom. When I was a junior, we decorated. I would much rather decorate and set up all the stuff. You didn't have to go banners. to it, though, right? No, it's not. It's, no, it's not part of the school. You know, no, the school disco. No, you didn't have. You had to pay to go to the school. You had to pay to go to prom. Yeah, it was because that pays for all the decorations. Yeah, I paid for the DJ. Where I went to school, the prom was in the gym because it was was a tiny school, and we had no other place to go. And you had to buy the big balloon rainbow thingy, the frame, and then the balloons in the bag. That when you pull the string, they all the balloons and the confetti fall. School disco was not elaborate in any way. They hired a DJ guy. It was like a mobile disco. With his couple of speakers. More disco. Ooh. Huh? That's what, it used, that's what they called it. <laughs> mobile disco. He'd turn up with his two speakers and his decks. Uh, they'd turn the lights off so it was dark. They'd be hardly, you know, didn't have all flashing pop. It was just... Ours wasn't in the sports hall. It was in the drama um, right. room, which is just a big room that's got black curtains all around it. So it was just... And, you know, kids would go in and they'd sneak behind the curtains and kiss each other and smoke and drink. And we were like 14-year-old. <laughs> kids are just the same. I mean, yes. all these kids tonight will be smoking and drinking. No, not all of them. I mean, that isn't fair. Not all of them, but it'll be the same scenario. There'll be some kids. There'll be some do. kids, yeah. yeah. Well, they're pretty strict about stuff like that these days as far as drinking. They probably do it outside event. school. They then probably. they're not allowed back in anymore. That kind of thing is different than it used to be when we were kids. But, yeah. So that's prom. Yeah, there was no check-in in, in our school. There was a... Uh, if you wanted to drink some whiskey and smoke during school, I don't mean in the class. I mean, bring it to school in your rucksack. And then, uh, 
do it behind the bike sheds where everybody did it. We had bike sheds where you, where you, um, a lot of mm-hmm. people came to school on bikes, so you'd fasten all your bikes up against the bike sheds. Behind the bike sheds was where people, uh, smoked, like kids, um, did drugs and had sex, drank and had sex to you. All behind the bike. What kind of school did you go to? <laughs> That's pretty common, all that. Oh, wait, it was a Catholic school, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. Actually. Oh. <laughs> no. It was... I don't know what it was. Public uh, school. Yeah, just... Anyway, so that is... Um, Trip down memory school. lane. So it is Saturday, May the 10th, and this is After the Show, the weekly podcast where we review a movie. Uh, it's, this is number 326, and the movie we're looking at this week is Her. It's a 2013 movie. And it's released on Blu-ray on the 13th of May, so you can pick it up this coming Tuesday. Took a long time. It did take a long time, didn't it? Um, it's from our friends at Warner Brothers. Uh, it was. It did win an Academy Award. Mm-hmm. Best Original Screenplay, I think. Yeah, Best Original Screenplay. And it's from our friends at Warner Brothers. I've already said that. And Sid, what's the synopsis of the movie Her? Maybe we should start by saying it's a movie podcast so the people who hear the weird conversation that we've had or that we're having don't just go like, what are they talking about? And then turn off. But they know that the movie is coming eventually. Her is it's a love story, really. And some technology is involved. Exploration of what a relationship is and the expectations of relationships. It's a dude and an operating system that's like uh, artificial intelligence. And there's a love story involved. Okay. Uh, really, so, there's not much to it. You're wrinkling in your nose, but what else is there? Yeah, that's really what it is. So, I mean, I'm not reading the back of the box. If that's what you want, then you can read the back of the box. So Academy Award it did win for this best screenplay. And um, what did you think of her? I liked it. I liked a lot of the examination of what relationships are. You know, like an individual's... We have an idea over here about relationships are because that's what we see in movies and TV and even on the surface what we see in other people's relationships because we're never really in the relationship. So we don't know, which I love that Amy, Amy Adams said that at one point when he said, what do you think of our relationship? She said, I don't know. I'm not in it. Yeah. So that just totally, totally gets you thinking that, you know, is your, is a relationship that you have this, that, what's the expectations? I mean, I really like that aspect of it. I found a lot of it quite pretentious to me. Uh, what What do you mean by that? Um, being... Mean artsy? No, I like artsy. But it's a very... Like, the people are all very unproductive people. One woman makes a video game, this it's guy writes future, fake right? letters... We didn't explain. It's it. ambiguous. Yeah, but it's it's definitely not now. The voice technology is too good. Yeah, and thing, <laughs> things are a bit different. A little well. bit different, but you yeah. know, it's just that weird vague. But to me, all the people are unproductive. No one does a fucking thing to be productive in this life. Not one of them. Not one person that we meet. Is no, not productive. these people. But none of them. So you meet all these people, and there's not a person who's doing anything of value to me at all. I think that's pretentious. That you don't come across one person or meet one person intimately who actually has anything in life to focus on other than their own touchy-feely emotions. Which is what I find pretentious. It's very wrapped up in, I'm all about expressing yourself and having your feelings and letting the other person know about your feelings and uh, don't trample on my feelings. But if you do, well, I'll fucking get over it, right? This movie is about, oh, this is how I feel, this is how I feel, this is how I feel, how yeah, do you feel, how do I feel, how do I feel, but this is how I feel, how do you feel, how do I feel, how do you feel, how do I feel, which is fine. It's absolutely that. Uh, uh, but there's nothing productive in this movie. I don't know how this world exists. I wanted to say, um, do nothings. about it feeling, it's really touchy-feely. It's emotions, it's emotions. It feels, to, it felt to me, and I liked it. But I see, it feels to me like I spent two hours in a psychiatrist's office. Yeah. Having some therapy, like, because it, I'm not saying it therapy, it just feels like a therapy session. The way people talk to each other. And you start off with a big, huge clue. Yeah. That the only one of two of the questions about you when this operating system comes online is, what kind of relationship did you have with your mother? Yeah. So that's Freud. That shapes so many of the scenes and so many of the little set pieces, so much of the dialogue. 
Yeah, so it's like an... Well, it, For this guy that we know. Yeah, basically what it is, he, he um, gets this operating system. Like, and I would compare it, if we have anything like something nowadays, is like Siri on your iPhone, where you ask it a question, and it helps you out in your day-to-day life on a really rudimentary basis. It might tell you the directions or where, you know... Not like a GPS, if you just took a GPS that talks to you while you're driving. Right, but Siri, uh, especially where you can just, like, speak in a natural... Even the Google one, I don't know what mm-hmm. she's called, but we use it on Android and you say, uh, can you wake me up tomorrow at 8am? And it goes, fine, here's an alarm, you know, that kind of thing. Or, what's playing at the Jefferson City Theatre tonight? And it tells you. That's as close as we are to this. But in this, it's like a super, like... It's like a person. It literally is like a person. It's artificial intelligence, they call it. So he hooks up, hooks into it, it starts... He's not hooked into it. No, I mean, he, he buys it. <laughs> puts it on his computer. Yeah. Put, like anybody a, does. A, yeah, it's just like a program. And then all of a sudden, he's falling in love with it. I figured it. there was one technology thing that you were in love with would have been that you carry around your little device, which, you know, it's it's, it's like a compact, actually. like a I thought compact. it was like a cigarette case, like a month. Kind of, but that's disgusting. So it's like that, but that takes everything with you everywhere you go. So that's you it, sit down to your right. computer. Well, I know what I'm saying. But you take your computer everywhere you go. You can look at everything on that same yeah, device. True. You come home, it's right there. It's like Chrome, where you can just take it everywhere. It's in the cloud. Exactly. So I thought you would appreciate that. I did. The technology was cool. I, in fact, one of the things about the whole thing, and it's the thing I noticed, and I don't know if you did notice, but I kept watching and thinking, oh, you know, we live in such a commercially a commercial world. In fact, just sitting in this room, you know, there's Sony written over there. There's, there's on our devices. There's brand names on every device you own. There's Microsoft written on that. There's HP. We live in this very branded world nowadays. And this world was stripped of branding, which I thought was really interesting, because it's like this really hyper-computerized world. You know, when the guy's playing a video game, which I thought was awesome, it's, it's what is it, holographic? It's yeah. In, it's in your whole room. You know, it's the big... But there's no branding. Everything's stripped out. Even, like, monitors, on they've got no names on them. In fact, some of them are made of wood. Did you notice that? They're, instead of being plastic, they're wood. The frames are made of wood, so they look like a piece of furniture, but there's no branding on them. So it was like an unbranded world. It feel, felt really different. That made it feel different to our world, because if you walk down our street, there's, I don't mean the street, I mean you go into the town or the city, you're just bombarded with all that. And in this world, you're not, even though it was obviously a supermarketed world as well. I mean, it was about buying things and the fashions... The clothes were like, uh, well, the clothes were like, the fashion of this time was like a different look. Like everybody wore these high waisted pants and it was very like pastel colors. It wasn't too different. <laughs> no, but it wasn't like something we would wear now. It's it was. And I'm saying it's totally like the fifties, but with a tiny bit of difference. So that was that had to be their inspiration because it's totally late 40s, early 50s. But the inspiration, I liked the world. I thought it was cool, but I did feel the, like, the deadness of people. Like it- The thing is, that is the thing I was thinking was, in this world, because no one seems to be doing anything valuable. They're creating software or They're whatever. just doing, like, they're just wandering around, then wrapped up in all their own touchy-feely shit. And everyone's walking out with the thing in their ear, talking yeah. to their operating system constantly, just which mumbling is, to themselves and talking to which themselves. Which is a parallel to today's life, where people walk around I with think cell phones. That, yeah, but you know what? I think people exaggerate that. I look around a lot at my job and watch people, go outside and watch people, and, you know, maybe 20%. 10 to 20% of people are staring at their phone like everyone has this. But then I don't live in a big city in the with city, huge numbers of people. I see a lot of photographs of in the city, like in uh, when I go and look at news and things. And uh, you you can see like a block, like in New York, for instance, where like if you just look at a random photo from modern, like from the last few weeks or whatever, there's a lot of people just, they're just looking at a screen. If you think about it, though, if... A percentage of those people are touring the city. That can be their GPS. Let's say they've got a 20-minute walk, so they can read their email. They're talking to somebody about, I'm meeting you for lunch. But we're heading into later. that head down. Um, like but These people didn't have their heads down, though. That like, your difference. life is uh, on your cell phone. Like, 
If I'm walking down the street and I've got my smartphone, all the people I know, the people I want to communicate with, are on the screen, not in the world. They're not in yeah. the world at that point. So, for me, it's beneficial just to be looking at that phone rather than any other random people. And see, this also people. addresses that, the concept that a lot of people still... It's going to be our generation and a couple of generations that are older than us and maybe the following generation. After that, it won't be an issue. But people still not grasping how you can have an actual fully emotionally satisfying relationship with someone who's not in the room with you. Right. Like, you and I grasp that. We we just are that type uh, of people anyway. And the thing is... And we, in this movie, well, it's trying to address, like, in one sense, you're you're communicating with a real person who's out in the world, but you're never going to see them, and that's supposed to be satisfying. Then when you're talking to your operating system, it, you're torn between, is this supposed to be satisfying? But if you never saw the human to begin with, why does it matter if you never see a person with this artificial intelligence? It's true. Because, because I can get everything I need, usually. Yeah, because people have... Um relationships with people and never meet them, right? Like, you might have a best friend online who you talk to every single day who you have a relationship with because you're friends with each other and you never ever meet each other but that you get something from it, right? I don't know that a lot of people have that yet. No, I think that there's a small I percentage. Actually, I know you do, I'm saying, but you... No, I mean, I have friends online who I've never met. I know, I'm saying, and you're I saying actually, that from that perspective but yeah. I don't think most people have that yet. I think a lot... Well, let's say people who are online type of people, like t- people in the tech industry or, you know, those kind of people who are always in the social media and all that kind of stuff. Those kind of people do interact like that. You'd be surprised. Not not most techie people that I know are that into it, but, you know. I'm thinking of the world. type who are the Silicon Valley type people, the, uh, You'd be surprised. the Facebook entrepreneur, the... Um, I don't think he spends all his time on Facebook. No, I don't mean I don't mean the guy who created Facebook. I mean right. all the people who work at Google and Facebook. They they spend their time on their internet, the internet. That's their passion and hobby, you know. So those type of people definitely have online relationships all the time. I mean, I have like you are, and you have all kinds of different levels of online relationships. I email people who I've never met, and we have back and forth in the week, and I'll never meet them. I'm talking about even people I deal with on mm-hmm. movie from movie studios, but it's not like I'm just going, "Hey, uh, is the route?" We have a chat, like we have we have a laugh, and I'll never meet them, but it's kind of a relationship of sorts, right? You and I think of it that way, but yeah. not everyone does yet, <laughs> and that's another thing. This so this movie with. addresses that yeah. kind of thing, um, and there was. <laughs> I, w- I wanted to love this movie watching it. Like, I wanted to love it, love it, like a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Like The Master, a movie with um, mm-hmm. Mr. Phoenix. Um, but there's too much of a layer of what you said is like uh, pretentiousness. There's it's too much of that for me. It's a bit of a barrier to me. Like, I love the idea of this, obviously. I'm into technology, so when she spoke... When he, when he was installed, even like those little details, when he come home with the OS and he's installing it and he opened, you know, what was really interesting. He opened the instruction manual and it looked like out of a um, medicine packet. Yep. Yep. Like a, like the warning label from a um, drug Just packet. Just a little teeny tiny print. Couldn't have read it if you tried. And then it was installing and then she, the voice, not of the girl, but of the, of a man says, you know, hi, welcome to the OS. What OS one? I have a couple called? of questions for you. Ask you a couple of questions. Do you want your OS to sound like a man or a woman? He says a yeah, woman. Do you, yeah. Says a woman. And they says, what kind of relationship yeah, did you have, did with, you your have with your mother? And then he kind of—that's like Windows asking you that question. But then he kind of gives—he's <laughs> kind of because that's not a yes or no answer. He starts to kind of elaborate. He's like, well, no. ah, and then the thing but it understands. Yeah, well, there's an issue there because you've got too much to say about it. But then that's what he gives him, right? That's so, the thing you have to keep reminding yourself. He—that's what he said in the beginning. Someone who is. Asks how you are, but as soon as you start to tell them, they flip it around and it's all about them. Now, he doesn't realize it, but that's how he is. 
Because he does just what his mother used to do, yeah. so then it flips around on him in this relationship. That's the thing that pissed him off about his mother, because whenever he talked to her, it always was about But that's her. what he's doing to all of yeah. his women. He does it to everybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, there, it's an interesting narrative, but, but the, and I love the technology, but there's the touchy What feeling. made you think it was pretentious? <laughs> it's hard to put a finger on it. just stinks of it, though. Like, it... Let's not say stink. Let's say it smells of it. <laughs> yeah, like everything. Like how people are. Like, like I love Amy Adams. I do too. But like, and just until how the, the end, her character are. was so obnoxious, and yet she wasn't. She was like this. But it not nothing to do with her. Just the, no. Just she's the, awesome. How the character is. Like her how, dude was. Oh my god, so obnoxious. <laughs> but that was the idea, right? Yes. So, but like, it, nothing feels real to me because everybody feels a bit like. Everybody has this... The well, realest I, thing, and this is weird, the realest thing in the entire movie is Scarlett Johansson's uh, OS. She, she's the voice of the OS. She feels like a real person to me, and she's not. So maybe that is the point. Because everybody else feels a bit wooden and weird and not real to me. Is that like maybe they, part of it then? That she's so... That people are so unplugged from communicating any better than they she are. she really... And she's, I felt she was a person, whereas everybody else, I didn't really feel they were people. They were just like a bundle of emotions that were trying to solve Avatars. <laughs> so maybe that's the point. Maybe maybe that's the point that we're so screwed up, like, um, we can't deal with ourselves or anything. Like, we can't deal with emotions. It's really reflected in all of these people. He mentions it about his wife, that's going to be his ex-wife, um... The woman he meets has it a bit, and definitely Amy Adams. They're has all it. damaged, like yeah, like they're not that they're 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 flawed and they're broken and 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 they're not sure of themselves. And, Nobody is that, and they all have the puppy dog eyes half the time. And I understand about not feeling one hundred percent great about yourself all the time. I really do. But when it's reflected back to you, where everyone has this. Well, I guess, is it okay? Am I okay? Is it okay? Is it okay what I just said? Is it, am I, am I okay for what I just did? I mean, do, are you still going to love me? I mean, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Maybe, oh, you That's know. That's what it is, isn't it? Yeah, and Amy Adams trying to do her documentary and this sort of like, oh, I don't know, it's probably not very good and it's not even worth watching. And Yeah, and it's in every single person. Now that is, to me, that doesn't reflect my, anything. that's why I don't identify with them very much. Well, I think that, I think that's, the point, everybody was supposed to... There was nobody who was good at life. Nobody. Then you could say that... I don't know, because I'm not Spike Jones, But um, that this world is a result of maybe two or three generations of people not communicating directly with one another in an old-fashioned, just get rid of all the technology kind of a way. And this is what you're left with, are a bunch of whiny, <laughs> needy, like self-doubting people because you don't have in your face you know the person yeah you can't even operate with another human being I think Spike Jones is super super emotional and really fragile and it's kind of he definitely um, wears his heart on his sleeve because if you look at like his last film um, Where the Wild Things Are I know that wasn't wrote by him but he chose to make that and that is a that's another psychiatrist room him and Wes Anderson they live in a certain kind of hyper emotional Almost like it's a story written. It's a way to, it's the way for characters to absorb the world and be overly emotional, but it's not how humans do it. But that they've been so overwritten their whole lives, <laughs> or their lives have been so overwritten by just I'll, so much literature and so many movies. I would and, also put Woody Allen into that category. Yes. Because all his characters, to me, always feel like they're not real because they're so written. Like they're. They take a piece of a broken person and, like, exploit that big. Right. So you identify with that one thing of that person, but then if that's all the person is, like, a woman who only cheats on her husband and is, like, that's part of her persona because she's unhappy and she can't cope with the husband, you know, and then you're like, okay, I get it. But then that's all you are is this unhappy wife. And that's all you bitch and moan about the whole movie. I mean, like, that that's reminds me of Woody Allen movies. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Somebody who's unhappy in their marriage and seeking something else all the time. But it just has that intangible, I think it's high quality. 
I think it looks good. I like the way it looks all the time. I know it has a little bit of independent look, and it's not independent at all. It's a huge budget movie. But I did like... I got a little lost in the feeling yeah, of it, which I like. There's definitely an artistic way of looking at things. Like, it's not like a... It's not all glossy. It's like... Almost like a real... Like if this really existed, this future. Yeah. We're just looking at it. And to tell a story about one dude talking to a computer all the time. Or even just talking to nothingness because he has an earpiece in his ear. And making it interesting to keep watching. That I found interesting. Because at first I was like, are we? do we get a representation of her? Is she dancing around on the screen or anything? But there's just In fact, that was interesting. Um, I, I thought that was an interesting thing in the story. Because he's playing a video game that's this... Yeah, um, and it's never addressed that you could be... Why can't Samantha um, make a virtual representation of herself uh, in front of him and he talks to that? There was none of that. Like I she... guess that that imposes on the idea of having a relationship that's truly 100% yeah. emotional. Because if you're having a relationship with only the voice and the... Idea. The, the idea of the... That whatever that voice is saying to you brings up emotions and feelings and thoughts and challenges you emotionally or whatever. And there's zero in the world that represents that thing. That would, if you all of a sudden put a picture with it, it would totally erase that. You know what I mean? Like it would take you down from that. One of the most interesting parts in the movie was um, the AI uh, OS. Um, Samantha said that, she wanted him to kind of have a representation of her in the world, so she got this girl who, and it, he said, "Why is this just a prostitute or something?" But it's not. It's like somebody who understands the love between an OS and a man, it's an industry or a woman, yeah, and wants to help those people. Be and, the avatar, basically. Yeah, that's the way I looked at it. So she comes round, and she, you know, the she has the earpiece in and a camera stuck on a well, a little mole on her face that's a camera. And then the idea is she comes round and Samantha talks to him in his ear and he has sex with this avatar, basically. Supposed to. She turns her old emotions off, like of herself, and embodies her. It's an avatar. Yeah, it's When you think about it. It's It's like like that movie, um... Avatar? Surrogates, as well. (laughs) Or Avatar? Yeah. Have you seen a movie called Avatar? But there's no... Where there's no person? I was going to say there's no sex, uh, but yeah, they're actually... Yep. They plug their tails (laughs) in together. (laughs) Or whatever, their hair, whatever. But I thought that scene was really interesting because it was really awkward. Like, I felt awkward during it. Because if you break down a few of the elements of a relationship, particularly intimate relationship, and one of them is, and in this instance we get, the talking dirty to each other so you both get off. That's the sex represented in that relationship. So you're thinking, okay, well then... If that's all it takes for you to get off and you just want to talk dirty to me and you'll have sex, then a person standing there, easy enough, right? Of course you'd want to have sex with her, but I'll talk to you while you're having sex with her. But then it's not that simple because... Yeah, because he, you know, she's a beautiful woman and she turns up and then he's like... But in his mind, maybe he's got something in his mind that... That's not how she looks. This is something else. It's interesting. I mean, that's what I love about this movie. (laughs) <laughs> You'd give yourself, um, if I spoke to you, for instance, and never could see you, you would look a certain way to me Correct. even if I'd never seen you. In my head, so if somebody turned up and that wasn't what I was thinking, then I wouldn't think that was you, right? So it's... Interesting, because we met online, yeah. and I sent you photos of myself Right, but if you hadn't... Right. But until I did, you would not You would have had in your mind... You, you do. You must have. I don't remember, but you must have, right? Because as a human person. Well, you were okay with the pictures, I guess, whatever you had in your mind. Okay, so let's move on to the cast here. So, um, Joaquin, is it Joaquin? Joaquin. Joaquin Phoenix plays Theodore. So what did you think of him? Like, I loved him in The Master. Yep. Uh, And I'm not a massive fan of him, to be honest. He was good in Gladiator. But then when I've seen clips from Gladiator, it's not actually that good. Actually, it's a bit showy. But I loved him in The Master. I think that was really good. And I think... I liked him a lot in this. And the more I watched really closely, the most subtle things about his... You know, because you're just looking at him almost the whole time. And the, when he's when something's dawning on him and he's having the little revelations or little thoughts about... Because it's all internal, isn't it? When you think about this thing with this OS, it's all internal. He can speak to her. But everything else is inside. 
And there are times when his face and his expression, and some could say, oh, well, he was just sitting there looking contemplative. But I felt like there were, he was exactly right and subtle. He wasn't like, you know, obnoxious. Um, he didn't give himself over. And you could tell he's not the kind of person to give himself over to big emotions. So when he would laugh, like with the camera at the fun fair or whatever, it was still kind of reserved, which I thought was good because he didn't just go like, no. Now, when he kind of ran through the crowd, I was like, uh, kind of, but I guess when he, he was breaking loose. Yeah. Um, I liked him. I, I really liked him in The Master better. I think that, that performance is like insanely, um, but that's really, really multi-faceted. <laughs> yeah. And this one's kind of a, what, like he plays this guy. Yeah, but I think this is pretty complex, to be honest. He goes through a lot of things, but it's all internal. So everything has to be just on his face. True. Which um, I did but I think job. it was the right choice for this. I think I think he played it well. There's definitely a good piece of acting. I will say this. Now, in my whole life, I've heard people say this to other people, and I think, whatever. But this guy has amazing eyes. <laughs> I mean, I kept focusing on his eyes. I was like, look at yeah, those eyes. On the cover, it looks like he's got contact lenses in. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not about the color of his eye. I'm talking about there's something about his... Squint just right, and he looked. I don't know. There's something magical about his eyes. Is it? <laughs> is he River Phoenix's brother? Correct. Well, he was. Yeah. So Amy Adams plays Amy. Um, I really like Amy Adams, and we watched American Hustle recently. I mean, I actually think she did a good job of representing this character. I do, but I didn't like the character so Correct. much. Yeah. So that's I felt a- she until near the end when she kind of finally was getting that fucking attitude, which yeah. is what she said. Which is more... Then then I was like, okay, I can get behind this. But the first time you meet her, she's all like documentary person. And, oh, and oh, yeah. you deserve that. And that kind of like... Touchy-feely. Ugh. Like everybody else in this movie. <laughs> sometimes I think I have no heart. I know I say that to you sometimes, but I think you do have a heart more than me. But sometimes I think I don't get the um, the constant need to support everybody emotionally and nod your head and puppy dog your eyes when someone says, oh, I've had a hard day, and you go, oh, oh, that's too bad. Tomorrow will be better. You know, I'm not like that. That's like, what these people are. Yeah, cause... and I'm not like that at all. And I just think, am I missing? We got a DNA strand in there that got messed up along the way because I think it's, I have appropriate times when I need some sort of support, but I seek it out, I get it, and I'm over it. Like, I'm done with it. It's not like this ongoing stroking of my hair to make me feel better about life all the fucking time. I think that's what this movie kind of was, like, prickly to me in that respect, you know? Whenever that would come up, I was like, oh. So uh, one of my favorite things in this movie was Rooney Mara, who played Catherine, who's his ex-wife. Yeah. And she wasn't as touchy-feely as everybody else. Correct. Because she was hard and, like, she was... And I really liked her in it. And she's from the girl in the dragon tattoo, the girl with the dragon tattoo. Um, I thought she did a really good job. Like, well, she's just as needy because she's the one that she's needy in a different way. But I related to her a bit better. She was, I liked the the scene where he goes to sign the divorce papers with her. I just thought that was really good, especially when the waitress was stood there. And the thing is, <laughs> in that moment, yeah, exactly. She goes, well, we were married to each other, yeah. but now something the waitress is like, I don't and she just stays there. Story. <laughs> <laughs> but when she starts to say to him, she said something. He's like, well, you wouldn't, un-, and she's like, I wouldn't yeah, what? That's what I mean. That and scene. the reason she doesn't understand is because he's so uptight and he never tells anybody his emotions, even though he's super needy. Yeah. And she's the person who's like, just tell me what's wrong. I can't read your mind. So I like, I liked it kind of, but then the flashback <clears throat> pictures of her, and I know he was flashbacking in his mind, so it was a bit Is idealistic. This, uh, yeah, like romanticized. But she's too perfect. Oh my God. Come Every strand of hair, the lighting. I mean, I know it's his memories, but holy shit, it made me be like, ugh. And then Olivia Wilde uh, plays his, a blind date that he goes on. And I really like Olivia Wilde. She's from Tron. Um, but... And... Bond. Was she from Bond? She was in Bond, right? No. Wasn't she in Bond? She wasn't in Bond, no. What was that other lady? That's that Olga Kurolinska. Olga she's got. Uh, no, Olivia Wilde's Cora from Tron, the True. Le- from Tron Legacy. But um, I liked her thing too. But there again, yes. the character, though, at, at the end of the date, I, I, 
Yeah, but she had a point. She did have a point, yeah. Are you just going to fuck me and then never call me back? Because I don't really want to waste my time. Right. And I think we saw a picture of her with a little kid, so you just got to piece the pieces together. And then when he's like, uh, yeah. sure. <laughs> and then she's like, you're creepy. And she's right, so I totally identify with her. But it was, it's a short thing, the, the blind date, but she, I think she was really good. Um, and then finally, um, Scarlett Johansson plays Samantha, the OS. And, you know, that's really interesting because she's never on the screen. Um, it's quite clear it's her voice because I've heard her so much. I know it was her. Did you know? Well, nope. I've, I feel like I've heard her enough nope. to... No, I thought it was the woman who's in the office who Jim dates. Oh, really? She's got, like, that kind of thyroid voice, I call it, that sort of, like, raspy a little bit and a little bit too cute kind of voice. She sounds like I think an OS would sound because I think a man would probably... When there's a choice between the male and the female voice, the, the sexy female voice and a, and a sexy man voice, because that's what we are, like, that's how we would choose it, you know? So I feel that she felt right, because she seemed too perfect. Yes. You know, but that's how we would create it, probably, as people. We wouldn't create it with, you know, somebody who's, hey, 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 we wouldn't do that, would we? I don't know. We wouldn't. We'd create. Listen to any. Listen to any voices. (laughs) Where did that voice come from? I'm just saying we wouldn't do somebody with a. We wouldn't have like hello. This morning you have three appointments. We might do that. Get your ass out of bed. (laughs) You just got an email from your credit card. Yeah, you wouldn't have somebody with a bad um, attitude or anything. You'd have somebody who's welcoming and warm and like. Not everybody would. No, some people would want the hard ass. Some people be like, get up, get up, get your ass out of bed. <laughs> Choked myself. <laughs> and Kristen Wiig was also in there as as a voice of. Um, he goes on a late night chat room to try and get off, and she wa- wants him to uh, have well, sex. Did... Some... No, I'm saying some odd spoiler. Sex. Uh, so this is directed by Spike Jones, and you'll know him from Where the Wild Things Are was one of his, and Being J- John Malkovich. And the Jackass movies, because he did start with the Jackass crew. He's like the most grown-up of the Jackass crew. Um, he still owns a skateboard company, and he's still into that skateboarding. In fact, he you know, helps with the Jackass movies and anything. Bad Grandpa that Johnny Knoxville just did, he helped with that. So he's still involved with them a lot, but on his side of the fence, he's so far away from that, I think. Something like this you would never know came out of somebody who was involved with Jackass. It's not that kind of thing. It's the opposite to that. It's an artistic, serious thing. It's not a fun thing. It's a, you know, a serious Oscar-winning movie. Um, So I like him. And he he does... Wes Anderson, another director who I really like. Um, I actually like Wes Anderson better than Spike Jones, But I do compare them. I think Paul Thomas Anderson's in that same category. Because he's also very focused on maybe deeper things, but the same kind of... Wes Anderson's super unique, though. Um, I know I like Spike Jones and Wes Anderson always stick together in my head somehow. It's something about the way they make films. But Wes Anderson goes way beyond with his level of detail. You know, Wes Anderson films are insanely detailed as we... Like... uh, it's there's nothing like a Wes Anderson film that you can look at every shot and go, wow, there's a thousand things in this shot, and I, they all probably mean something. You can sit and look at it for hours. Um, but I do compare them, these two. I don't know why. I just feel they have the same vibe. I don't think Paul Thomas Anderson has the same vibe. Cause I mean, the movies have very... the same vibe. I'm saying they all have a similar focused thing. They're very wrapped up in their own self and their own vision of their story. And there's no escaping that. Like, you know what I mean? They're they're all a little bit touchy-feely in their own ways. Even Where the Wild Things Are, which you could say is a children's movie, because it's based on a children's book. Spike Jones did it in the... It's more of a dark adult kind of thing, and like I say... I say it's a dark children kind of thing. But it actually feel Again, I definitely think Where the Wild Things Are feels like you're in a psychiatrist's chair. Because it, yep. it's meant, it's about the mind. It's, it's, you know, it's a, and that's how all Paul Thomas Anderson movies are. They're all about examining, right? Your sight, your 
I don't know, the ability to cope with life, really, when you look at all of Wes Anderson, I mean, all of Paul Thomas Anderson's characters. Everybody's falling apart. But, um, needy. There's definitely a quality to Spike Jones movies, and the way this looks and the way it feels is definitely, there's a quality to it. I don't think I would say it's a Spike Jones movie if I, if I didn't know, but. I think you might. I wouldn't. Because he has a very, um. I can guarantee you a billion Dreamy like quality to his things like it almost it I feel like floating and like it, it's very ethereal kind of it's it, it's a bit a little bit not like the real world it's kind of fuzzy around the edges and luscious I don't mean like everything looks extra soft and yeah. like the pillows look like it's almost in purpose Wes Anderson does that too really it's comfortable tactile. yeah like everything yeah so, um, yeah, I liked how it was directed. I liked how it looked, the whole thing. I liked that part of it. Um, so there are some extras on this Blu-ray. And the extras are, like, artistic as well, right? They're kind of... Um, yeah. They're not your standard extras. There's one called um, a short film by Lance Bangs, and it's called The Untitled Rick Howard Project, Creating Her. So it's, it's like a 30-minute making of... Hyper-pretentious. It's a making of... Right, this is how I put it. It's the making of her, but it's made by a film student who's practicing all kinds of different stuff that he can do. All the new Black stuff he just learned about the camera. Blurry, uh, grainy footage. Close up very like, clear footage. Right, close up on someone's nostril. And not that around. much dialogue. Floaty camera. Um, so it's like watching... Like when you watch Iron Man and there's a making of Iron Man, it's pretty straightforward. Here's, here we are on the set and we're going to show you. This is like Not a, that they all have to be that way. No, but this is like a that, but done by some artist dude who... But it's not even artistic. So it doesn't... It isn't. I, don't I liked it. I liked it presented like that. When I, when I finished watching it, I was like, that kind of felt like the movie. Like I was floating through something. It was It was different, like... But yeah, it also felt like somebody was having, you know, practicing with all the different cameras. It also felt like that. And they're also trying to, it feels to me, like they're always trying to make making a movie just look so difficult. And like, it's so hard laying on this couch going through all of these note cards. True. It's just a long day. It's really hard. It's and not hard. I mean, it's maybe complex. Yeah, it looked complex to me. But it's not a hard thing. <laughs> you so, know what I mean? So the second uh, extra is called Love in the Modern Age. Intimate conversations about love and relationships in our time. And it's... They interview various people from... Um, but they didn't the, say anything. No, not really. It's a bunch of talking heads. Uh, some famous people, some not. Here's, here's, here's about three or four of the different interviews. So, uh, you know, like, what's it like to be in a relationship? Well, that's a really hard question. When should a relationship end? Oh, that's a really hard question. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. Like, oh, no. That's the hardest question ever. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, are you gonna, do you have some insight? Nope. We're cutting to the There next is person. some insight, but not, not a lot. But yeah, it, it's a talking heads thing. Um, and then the third thing is um, called, how do you share your life with somebody? And it's another artistic one like the first one, but it's a lot shorter. Yeah. But it actually recycles some of the stuff yeah. from the first one. So that's it. There's no commentary. Um, so as far as it's extras like go- this, the movie, the extras, they're trying to be cool, coolish in that way that you get hip with the cool vibe of things. Definitely. And when you're Art not housey. cool, like I'm not cool, I'm not hip. It's like it's like the bone spur apparently that I have in my heel. Okay, it doesn't hurt every single second, but when it does, it's it's glaring. It's like, oh, that is not appropriate. And that's how it is with this movie. I'm watching along, everything's fine, and then all of a sudden, it's like right in my face. Like, oh, they're just trying too hard. It's a hipsterish kind a of bit, vibe. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit, but then hipster people would say absolutely not. Oh, film school, artsy. Which I don't think is a bad thing, because I actually like movies that are made like that. Because, you know, you see enough commercials straight up filmed for making money type movies. Sure. And then you see artistic movies where those are sometimes some of the best ones. Um, But this one feels like trying to make a 
different kind of movie for the purpose of being popular. Yeah. And that's like the opposite of what you're talking about when you like the little artsy fartsy movies, you know? Yeah, something like Ghost World or Welcome yeah. to the Rileys. It's yeah. one of those where it's like it's not doesn't feel like anybody's pushing you to think it's anything other than just a little movie telling a story about some people and you take away what you want. This one it puts in your face yeah. what it wants you to take away. Um so in summary for me, um I you can't deny the quality of this movie. It is a high-quality movie. It's got a very interesting subject, especially to me, in being into technology. I really enjoyed the the technology aspect of it and, you know, humans and As far as anyone knows, I could be not a real person. True. I could be I AI. can see you. Really? That doesn't mean I'm real. Um, <laughs> Have any of the other people out there seen me? Huh? And I'm, a Spy- and I'm a Spike Jones fan, so I, I would like this movie a lot, but there's just certain things in this movie where I, you know, it would... I wanted it to be like a 10 out of 10, but it's more like an 8 out of 10 for me, yep. just because of the uh, hipsterish trappings of it, which you can't deny are not there, because they're there. Like, they're right on the screen, the whole thing, it, the making of it actually amplifies that. So those are the negatives, but aside from that, I enjoyed it. But it's not story... negative, is it? It's just a neutral thing. Yeah, it's more a neutral because I actually liked the idea of the story. I liked the how it turned out. Let's put it this way: What was the other crappy? What was the crappy movie where? Say hello to my little friends. Had the woman who was he made her digital as an actress. Yes. Okay, that's that horrible. Was horrible. That's a horrible version, and it's just done straight up, not artistic. It's just a bad, well, yeah, that was poorly rubbish, made. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, Trying to get at a similar but a little bit different idea. It's um, Al Pacino. Um, Al Pacino. <laughs> it's a woman's name. I'm not going to look it up because it's doesn't even not even worth looking up. It's a, uh, and it was about an AI, and it was before its time. Before, but this was a visually represented AI. Yeah, he created an actress and True. put her in a movie. Yeah. And then it became huge. huge it was famous. horrible. The movie then was horrible. Then he just kept creating her with this technology that he'd come across. Yeah. And all of a sudden knew how to use I mean, it's just bad. But it shows you that that movie wasn't well executed or well acted, well written. But the idea was there. This one has the idea that you love. And it's well well written, well made. It just has that. Well, it's well represented, too. Like, yeah. I like the fact that you never really see... You don't actually see a representation. Nope, never. That's yeah. what I like about that. So, um, thanks to Warnerth for the Blu-ray, uh, and you can go and enter a contest. We've got some new ones on our site this week, www.aschooler.com. Next week's review will be Pompeii, um, starring Jon Snow. Here's a question. If Samantha was able to make a visual representation of herself, this is the AI operating system, and she has at her disposal because she can absorb all data from all the cloud at all the time. I mean, she has all of human history probably at her fingertips, all social references. She everything does because that's written. she read a book, remember? Yep. Everything that's written, she is able to absorb. That includes popular culture, all different cultures, all different religions, everything, right? So then she has all that information. What would she make herself look like? Would Scarlett she, Johansson. Would she make herself look like what is just socially acceptable as beautiful in one culture? Would she make herself not socially acceptably beautiful because she has read and absorbed that I shouldn't have to look like what you want me to look like just to be? Think, so I'm glad they didn't do it. I was going to say, I think if the answer, to that, the answer to that question will be different depending on where you are in the film. At the beginning of the film, she would have made herself look like she would have looked at his email and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. And what he looks at and gone... Oh, that would have been a good element. And then she yeah. could have changed herself through yeah. the movie. And then when she, when she starts to get cleverer than we are... She would be like, no, that's not what I should look like. Uh, you know, she would look like a big titty blonde at the beginning. And that, uh, by the end, she would look however she wanted to look, right? Which would be, that's the question. Yeah, whatever she Nothingness, decides. which is what we get anyway. So, ooh, that's clever. I think so, we're overthinking it, but that's clever. And so movie recommendations this week, I am going with, and they're on the uh, tip of her. Um, they both have something to the do with it. The tip of her what? One is uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. And because of the HAL 9000, mm-hmm. a AI that happens to be cleverer than we are. Well. <laughs> well. Nah, but, you just... know, but what I'm saying is, like, that one's a bit more sinister. 
This one isn't actually that sinister, but she could be. He's not sinister. He's no. a little bit. No, he's figured out that he can't allow humans to hurt, do anything to hurt themselves, right? right? But then no matter what he does, humans are just going to keep hurting themselves. So the only solution is... This story's been told a lot. Let them all die. Whenever yeah. the AI... Um, different movies have told that story of, like, machines are probably going to be, you know, more savvy than we are because they can, like, even Terminator. Our robot? That yeah. was the whole thing? Like, I figured out that I cannot... I cannot let you... I can't hurt you, and I can't let you hurt yourselves, but you're only hurting yourself, so if I don't destroy you, then... Yep. Or whatever. So that's my first one, 2001 A Space Odyssey. And my second one, uh, I was thinking of a modern-day love story that I really like, because this is a modern-day love story, her, and that would be Punch Drunk Love, which is an, a really odd love story, because it actually has elements... Of, it's not a straight-up love story, yeah. but it is a love story at, heart, at its heart. Um, and I think this, her even though it says on the cover a Spike Jones love story. It is a love story, but it's also a bit off. You know, like, it's not just... I think it's not about... It's, it's not, not for somebody who likes a romantic It's not movie. a love story, like him and her, him plus her, boy meets girl. It's a love story. Like, right, what about is love? love yeah. what and it's we... not for the person who loves um, watching Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks kiss. It's more of a thinking man's love story, or woman's. Really? So, uh, Sita, what are your recommendations? I don't think there's a lot of thinking going on, but that's... Uh, my recommendations are... Kind of interesting ones. Working Girls. Don't think of a movie where a woman... The female is... They're trying to represent her as something different and changing, but then you get kind of trapped in the same... Because that's what I was thinking about. What would this AI look like? And would we just fall back to have her be a beautiful woman and all that? So, a working girl... From the 80s, if you remember. Yeah, I remember. You know, Sigourney Weaver. Yep. And Melanie Griffith and Harrison Ford. Yep. Indiana Jones. Hansel. I don't know now if it would hold up at all, but the concept is there, you know? She's kind of getting her independence and getting her footing to get out into the world and not be what everyone expects her to be. And then the other two are, and I only think this because Amy Adams is in one, and then it made me think of the other one, is Enchanted. And Ella Enchanted. Because I like both of those movies. Ella Enchanted is really funny. Yeah, it is. It's really fun. I mean, it's not perfect. CGI gets a little bit weird sometimes. Oh, I like it. It's good. But it's really, it's nice. And both of them also have female characters that are not, they're sort of bogged down in the traditional female thing. But they also are trying to kind of claw their way out of it. So Ella Enchanted reminds me a lot of Elf. You know? The yeah. Like the weird, it's... Naivety of the of the character, like and yeah, when and it, it's when it, set in a way, but it mixes it with modern stuff, you know. Ella and Enchanted, and a city. Ella Enchanted is Disney movie, yeah, and it is Anne Hathaway as Cinderella, but in a different kind of story, where there's some music and it's just, it's a fun fun movie. I liked it. So uh, games and Ace and Enchanted stuff? was Amy Adams is a cartoon character, also True. Disney movie. Disney movie come to real life. Yes. So, uh, Games and Ace Scully stuff this week. I have been playing some get one game, but first I wanted to mention that they've cast the new Star Wars movie, Star Wars Episode 7, um, and they cast that this week. And um, That is not 7. No, but it is 7. <laughs> That's 4. Yeah, 7. And, uh, Do you not know your Roman numerals? I just numerals? turned them around. V-I-I would be 7, yeah. not I-V. And, uh, you know... Um, Carrie Fisher, Han Solo, Harrison Ford, um, Mark Hamill. I can do Temple of Doom, man, but I can't do Crystal Skull. Kenny Baker has R2-D2, um, Anthony Daniels, C-3PO. It's interesting because we thought he was dead. <laughs> and who else was back? Oh, I, the one person I was disappointed that's not back is uh, Lando Calrissian. He's not back. But, um, is he also, dead? No. There's also some new actors... Um, I don't think Billy Dee's been on the scene for a long time. No. One of the uh, new actors is, we reviewed the movie About Time, which was, um, you know, with uh, Antor Deck. But the lead guy in that movie, um, who is yeah. called Dominic, I can't remember his full name, but he's one of the new characters. And I really like him. I do too. Um, 
he's, you know, when they were doing the prequels and they said Ewan McGregor was going to be in it, and he, I, I, all I really knew Ewan McGregor from was Trainspotting, I kept thinking, how come he, I don't understand, like, what he would be in Star Wars. And then, you know, he turns out to be Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I can't imagine anybody else, like, he, he's Obi-Wan Kenobi to me. This I don't guy. mean this in a rude way, but that's kind of simple. Of course, anybody yeah, could have been Han Solo. Uh, it is, because of course anybody could be him. I mean, anybody could have been him. Not on, yeah, anybody could No, I mean, him. the only acting reference I had for, for Ewan McGregor at that point was No, but I mean, now that you've seen him in the role, of course anybody could still have been it. it no, I'm saying, I'm not saying I'm simple. I'm saying that. I know you would, I'm not saying you are. I'm saying that's a simple way of looking at it. No, I'm Like, sa- once he's in a role, that no one else could have done it. No, anybody else could have done it, yeah. obviously, but I couldn't see, like, what was, my point was, I didn't know, I didn't think he could do a good job of it, like, because I couldn't see him doing something like that, but then when he did it, I was like, wow. And there are other people who I don't like in the roles, in the prequels, um, Samuel L. Jackson, I think he's terrible in that mo- in the movies, I wish he wasn't in them, as Maybe Mace Windu. Was, a- was Mace Windu in the other ones? No. Yeah. But that didn't matter anyway. What I'm saying is there's some people who I, I would have chose somebody different for that character. Mace Windu, for me, is like, he spoils those movies a little bit, like, when I see him. And I like Samuel L. Jackson, but he But feels, do you? Yeah, did you only I do. like him in Pulp Fiction? No, I like him in Pulp Fiction. I like him in uh, Shaft. I like him in... Shaft was... Did you like Shaft? Nah, not really. I did it. It was it had um, American Psycho as the uh, baddie. Christian Bale, didn't it? I thought it was pretty good. I don't remember it, and that's how much I liked it. No, I like Samuel L. Jackson. I just didn't think he fit in Star Wars. I bet you can name twice as many movies that you don't like him in as you do that you do like him in. I've not seen all the movies with him in, to be honest. That you've seen. You could name twice as many that you don't like that you can that you do. I Um, know you could. It's it's kind of hard to name movies that he's been in, even though he's been in a lot. It's kind of hard. Because you just think, you you always go... Snakes on Fiction. Yeah, but you've not seen it. No. And you go Pulp Fiction... And then you go like Shaft. That. Yeah. Obviously. Star Wars. Old Boy. It's kind of hard, See? Though, isn't it? Old Boy adds yeah. to the list of non Yeah, not good. Not good. Um, so that's uh, what I wanted to mention. And the other thing is I've been playing a game called Loco Cycle this week. And it was on the, you know, the um, it's not the Humble Bundle, but there's a bunch of those bundles now. I, I can't even keep up with how many there are. There, there are so many different companies that make these bundles. There was a bundle this week. That contained ra- just racing games, um, so I I bought it. It's again, it's for charity. I think it was five dollars for six racing games. One of them was Loco Cycle, and what was interesting is Loco Cycle only came out a month ago or two months ago, and it was twenty dollars. But then it was part of this package that was two dollars. So I got it, and it's on Steam, and it's made by Twisted Pixel, the people who made Splosion Man. And the more, if you remember Splosion Man. It's just, they're, they're crazy, like a crazy indie developer, really. But they, they, Microsoft Studios bought them up, so now they're not an indie developer, but they still make kind of an indie-style game. But what LocoCycle is, it's part movie, part game. So it uses a lot of full-motion video movie. They made this movie. It stars Freddy Rodriguez from Planet Terror, the main guy in Planet Terror, and it also stars Tom Savini, who plays Sex Machine in From Dust Till Dawn. He's the bad guy in it. And one of, there's two motorcycles. One of the motorcycles is the Terminator, Robert Patrick, Terminator 2. The other motorcycle is a female voice. This bad guy creates these two motorcycles that have got an AI inside them, similar to this movie, Her. But this AI kind of goes wild. And Freddy Rodriguez, who... He's fixing one of the motorcycles at the time it decides to take off on its own and go do its own thing. And he's being dragged along. He's got his foot trapped in the... uh... I couldn't exactly tell where his foot was trapped because it's pretty hard to trap your foot on the back of a bike. But his foot's trapped somewhere in the bike. But it's not injuring him in any way. And neither is the fact that he's being pulled along by the bike. Because he's not on the seat. He's behind it being pulled along. He never gets hurt. They jump things. They smash into stuff. Um... But it, then it's about the bike decides that it wants to go to this, um, it's like a, <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's, um, what do you call it? Like a country fair or something? Like it, the bike decides it wants to go to that. So it has to go across the country to get to it. And he's dragging along the back of the bike 
but she's just a bike with an AI in it, and she doesn't realize that that's bad that he's there. She thinks he's there to keep her company. And he's Mexican, so he only speaks Spanish. She speaks English, but she can translate what he's saying. But you as a player only hear Spanish from him, so you have subtitles for his stuff. That makes it really complicated when you play in a big action scene and he's saying a load of things and you can't really read the subtitles. But the whole game is you going across the country, this bike dragging you, and the gameplay is like you control the bike and you, the people who made you have all been sent to come and get the bike back. So there's like baddies coming after you, basically. And you've got weapons on your bike and you can upgrade it. And the story goes bananas and there's mu- there's like movies in between the levels and Tom Savini crops up, like I said, as the baddie and he literally, he's, he might as well just be Sex Machine. He's not got a penis gun, but he's got a, a metal arm. Um, it's interesting. Um, did you see any of it? Mm-mm. It's um, It's graphically not very good. The gameplay's like really, really easy. Like, there's no challenge at all. I didn't die once. But what it lacks in all that, it's, like, really, really funny. There's there's things in the game where I was like, oh, that's really clever. Like, there's a there's a bit where you have to fight a boss battle with the other bike, like the two bikes fighting each other. And throughout the game, it's like a racing game. And all of a sudden, the two bikes stand up, um, health bars come at the top and it goes fight and it's like Mortal Kombat you're both fighting and it's got a full right it turns into a fighting game with the two bikes fighting each other so there's a lot of like video game satire and satire on like Bond and you know that kind of thing so it's called Loco Cycle unfortunately that bundle is not available anymore um you have to pay full price for it which is kind of a tall order because it's like 20 bucks hmm. I don't know yeah. if I'd pay 20 bucks for it, but for $2, it was fantastic. I I played, like, I think it took me, like, seven hours to finish it. Um, Sounds substantial. But I'd go back again just to watch the movies, because the movies are so well done. They're like, you know that really cheesy style of movie, like what Robert Rodriguez would kind of do with Machete? It's like, it's cheesy, like, it's really cheesy. That's what this is like. Obviously, they did it in that style. It's like, the don't take this seriously, it's silly. It's like James Bond with these funny bikes. Um, but that's Loco Cycle. It's available on Steam or Xbox One if you've got an Xbox One. So, Sito, what's for dinner? Tonight will be Veg Fest. Vegetable heavy. We're having beets. I don't know how yet. Like whole pickled? beets. No, not pickled. Like Ooh. bottom fresh, you know. And then the beet greens, which I don't know what to do with yet, but uh, they're there. I think Tofu on the... You can do it, I think you can do them different ways. You can cook like spinach. Melt them down. You can of. roll stuff in them and cook them, whatever. I don't know yet. We'll see. Tofu on the George Foreman Grill, which we talked about last night that we haven't got out in a long time. I still don't know if that'll work. I think it will. We'll just smash it a little. <laughs> a lot. A little. And what else did I get? Red pepper and courgette, or as you call, as I call them zucchini, you call them courgettes. Um, what else? Oh, and then the 330 calorie pie that I made last night. Banoffee pie. So delicious. Was it actually banoffee pie? I don't know. She called it toffee and banana cream pie. Right. And so I made it the way the lady. Because banoffee pie has coffee in it. No, it's toffee. I thought it banana. had coffee, toffee, and banana. Oh, okay. Just toffee and banana, but loads more toffee. And I only made a little bit of it because if I hadn't, it would be like a thousand calories a piece instead of 330. But it's really good. And if I had my way, I'd have that for my supper instead of uh, the vegetables. But, oh, I'm going to make some lentils, I think. So I don't know what else to make with the vegetables yet. Any suggestions? Not lentils. I don't really like them a lot. You do like lentils. You told me before. That's I like why them I got in them. soup. All right. I can yeah, make a little so lentil soup. soup. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. And then that's it. And my advice is... I think I've said this before. It's not really advice. It's just information. But if I say... Like, if I disagree with something that you've said, this talks to you or to anyone else in the world, it doesn't mean I have a better answer for what you're talking about. I haven't fucking cured cancer, but that doesn't mean that I like the way that you want to want to help me with my cancer. I might be like, I'm not going to stand on my head and go out in the rain every day when there's a full moon to cure my cancer. I don't agree with that. Oh, fine. So I suppose you've made up a real cure for cancer. 
No, it just means I disagree with standing on my head in the rain on a full moon. I disagree with that too. <laughs> I'm saying, <laughs> when someone has a point of view that I disagree with, my point of view is probably equal to yours unless you're like a complete dickhead or very uninformed or blind to like the real world. Chances are our opinions or our point of views, we've come at our conclusions equally. So just because I disagree with you doesn't mean you can turn to me, you or anyone else, because it happens in world, out in the world too, and be like, oh, right, well, I'm obviously so wrong and you're so right. No, I'm not so right. I just disagree with you. So when people react that way, it's like, oh, so you thought you were so right that I can't disagree with you. So it's not when I disagree with somebody, and I'm only talking for myself. But you might encounter other people like me in the world. That what you've said, I might say the words, oh, I disagree with that. That's it. If you want more of an explanation, that's fine. But don't expect me to be giving you some sort of like, oh, I've cured the problem. I've solved this problem. I have a much better solution than you do. No, I just disagree with you. Get over it. Like, that's it. All right, so very... And it's going to happen a lot. Very good advice. I disagree with a lot of things. (laughs) I want to remind you about our websites. Don't disagree with them. They are aschoolie.com, sidtar.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can also catch this podcast on the Zoom market. No, you can catch it on the Zoom marketplace. Catch it also on the uh, iTunes Music Store, the RSS feed. Just go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast. Or Stitcher.com. We are also on Stitcher.com. You can also email feedback to me at aschoolie.com. Don't email Sidtop. She don't want to know. <laughs> and um, finally, stay classy, Mr. Phoenix. Um, and also Scarlett Johansson. I, actually, yeah, it's pretty. It's interesting, isn't it, if she would have got an Oscar for this movie without actually appearing on the screen. Has that ever happened? Uh, for voice? I don't know. Because it could, couldn't it? Because it was a good performance. With You didn't need to see well, it. Well, And she right. emoted everything you needed to be emoted. I she think. fed back to his thing, definitely. His yeah. character needed that sort of damaged... Oh, oh, and she was cute sometimes, and sometimes she was serious, and sometimes she was... up. You know, there was a lot of nuance to her voice. Mm. So, interesting. And I'm going to say, think for yourselves, because if you don't do it, someone will do it for you. 